You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. In 1994, Kevin Smith maxed out every credit card he could get his hands on and created one of the most important independent films ever made. He didn't just make a movie that defined Generation X. He made a film that inspired the generation that followed. I know more millennials than I can count that took inspiration from Kevin Smith and Clerks and his View Universe and crafted countless independent films. Smith's Early films proved what was possible outside of Hollywood. Film schools were stuffed with kids dreaming of being the next Kevin Smith. After Clerks, he made a career for himself with a very loyal fan base, not unlike the diehard fans of his contemporaries like Quentin Tarantino, Richard Linklater, Sofia Coppola, and Robert Rodriguez. Maybe even more diehard than those fan bases because Smith's followers will bow to this man no matter what he offers them good, bad, movie, cartoon, or podcast, 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 <laughs> podcast. Comic shop. A couple more podcasts. <laughs> In the 28 years since, Smith has both grown as a filmmaker but also stayed exactly who he has always been, oftentimes to his detriment. But Smith does not make movies for the critics. He makes movies for himself, for his family, and for his friends. And two... Of his most important friends are back in Clerks 3. The last time we saw Dante Hicks, Randall Graves, and the quick stop was in Clerks 2 in 2006. Now, after a heated exchange about kites, Randall suffers a heart attack. In the aftermath of his near-death experience, he decides to film a movie set at the quick stop full of the stories of his life there, or rather moments of his life that we already saw in previous movies, we get to see a literal remake of Moments from Clerks. It's essentially Zack and Mary's plot drawn from Kevin Smith's own heart attack experience. I am TCD with the Screener Squad, and I am joined by my Smith-loving friends, possibly. Wayne? <laughs> I am, in fact, supposed to be here today. <laughs> Ryan? God damn it, you stole mine. You're welcome. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> and Marcos? You can't see, but I waved. There you go. Silent Mark. <laughs> Silent Mark over here. Well, it is time to make the donuts, fellas. Snoogans, 37, Star Wars, grunge music, Walt Flanagan, it's cold in here. Hoth cold. Ben Affleck, Lion Face, Lemon Face. I wasn't supposed to be here today. Let's talk Kevin Smith and Clerks 2. I suppose the first question I should ask, though, is are we all fans or not fans of Kevin Smith? What degree of fandom do we have for this man who has all but left the Hollywood system to distribute independently and offer up his films to us? Where do we land? I think, like a lot of people, Kevin Smith was definitely a big inspiration to me growing up. I loved Clerks. I he was one of the early filmmakers when I was like 17 or 18 that I just really got into and I wanted to see every single one of his movies. I was really, really into it. And there, I think there was a point, I think, around 
red state or so where I just kind of lost interest in a lot mm-hmm. of what mm-hmm. he was doing. It's been a really long time since I've loved any of his movies. And I I, I don't know how everyone felt about his, his last movie, but I, uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot. But I really, really strongly disliked it. And I felt like he was coming back just to literally reboot and make the same exact jokes that he made in Jay and mm-hmm. Silent Bob Strike Back. And it was just like, why, why, why are you doing this? Why do you need to do this other than just like pander to your fans? And so I, I was not into that. I like this. I, I, I think that it seems to have a reason to exist. And I understand why he wanted to make this after after watching it. it it's it's going to be kind of difficult to talk about, I think. But it's just surprisingly really, really heartfelt. And I think that Kevin wears his heart on his sleeve. And I think that's to mm-hmm. a detriment sometimes to, to, to this movie. But I, I, I found it, I, I found it kind of heartwarming more than I thought I was was going to. Well, we'll proceed from there. Silent Mark, do you want to wave your answers to me of whether or not, like, where are you on the on the Kevin Smith fandom scale? <laughs> so Ryan brought up a really interesting point because he brought up Red State. Red State is actually the last movie that held my interest. So I guess that is the natural pivot point. I had a little bit of apprehensions towards this movie before we watched it because. I, I was like, first of all, this is the second movie that he's... No, no, the third movie that he's made about making movies. Mm-hmm. And this is... It also felt like a like what Ryan was saying, a weird rehash of Jay and Silent Bob, like the reboot or whatever it was, where it was just like, you're just bringing up all the old material. Like, it kind of feels like he's out of ideas. Yeah. So that is kind of a weird opinion that I hold about him. But that being said, this movie, while it starts off really weird, like kind of like, mm, I don't know if I'm going to be into this does actually develop a story where you care about the characters again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Louis. Yeah. I realized as I was looking back over his filmography that I am effectively like a Clark's guy. I like Zack and Mary. I like, I love dogma. There's a handful of things scattered out, but I, I realized that I am less a Kevin Smith film fan and more a Kevin Smith fan, mm-hmm. but not like, a devoted disciple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't listen to all his stuff. I don't watch all those things, right? I almost kind of appreciate the idea of Kevin Smith <laughs> and sort of what he represents. I, I love watching him talk, right? Like, I've caught some of his shows in various forms where he talks about his experiences and stuff like that. And that's interesting, too. Yeah, I'm kind of scattershot in terms of his films. And I think Red State was probably also a point for me where I think that was where there was the deviation. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, there's another Smith movie. I'll get to it, right? So I wasn't sure. Going into this, I figured I was going to, I had a 50-50 chance that this was going to (laughs) be, if not a comeback, then at least the thing that I needed his movies to be to get me to at least pay attention again. And yeah, some of it does feel like a rehash, but you're talking about a character who is effectively watching his life flash before his eyes. Yes, yes. And and so I, I get where that's coming from in this. And it was interesting to sort of see the presentation. My pivot point was Red State as well, but before that, I had already reached a point of going, um, has Kevin Smith run out of tricks? And it was in Jane and Silent Bob Strike Back. That was the peak of my fandom love of Kevin Smith. He was a big inspiration point mm-hmm. for me as well, being a millennial filmmaker. But I went into Jane and Silent Bob Strike Back with excitement and was very disappointed that he just lifted whole hog his entire plot from Chasing Dogma, which was a graphic novel he had released that linked Chasing Amy to Dogma. So the whole plot of that movie, I already knew everything that was going to happen because he had already done it. And so that was my first moment of like, uh uh-oh, 
I like Clerks too. I actually thought Jersey Girl was sweet because you're right, Ryan. Kevin Smith has a huge heart and he wears it very openly. But since Red State, Tusk, ugh, the re yoga hosers, like it is such a huge, huge step back from what he was creating. Like he had a very specific voice and he was saying a lot of really great things for a generation and the generation that followed. I think what was happening is that other raunchy R-rated comedians with something to say, filmmakers with something to say, came along. Specifically, I think Judd Apatow took that crown and ran with it and gave us Seth Rogen and Jason Segel and all those movies that buried the import of Kevin Smith. So going into this, I was also quite skeptical, and I was also pleasantly surprised. Yeah. One of the most important things here was backseating Jay and Silent Bob. They are not and never have mm -hmm. been main characters. They have always been C-3PO and R2-D2. Yes. So to get Brian O'Halloran back, and specifically getting Jeff Anderson back, because he was the holdout to even making this, mm -hmm. was great. And thank God this is good, <laughs> because I don't think my heart could have taken it if I had to get on this review and just rail on Kevin Smith, because I don't want to do that, but I have to be completely fair here no. when, when reviewing a film. This is going to be for Kevin Smith fans. I don't think this is going to be for non-Kevin Smith fans. I, I kind of wish, and this is a, a weird thing to say because we can't say spoilers, but I kind of wish that if you're not a Kevin Smith fan, just skip the first 30 minutes. Yeah, just, get, just skip the first yeah. 30 minutes and you'll get all the heart of this story. But like mm -hmm. the, the first 30 minutes is just like, it's all the old Jay and Silent Bob, raunchy humor bits, but they don't, you're right. Like none of them hit well anymore. Mm -hmm. And then there's a certain moment that happens that is the crux of the plot. And then after that, you get, a lot of heartfelt mm -hmm. moments, a lot of growth from all the characters, even side characters are growing throughout this story where I was like, oh, I did not expect that from a Kevin Smith movie at this point, and that's kind of sad. Yeah, and a lot of the funniest moments came um, after that first 30 minutes, too, where he was kind of just doing his what you'd expect from him. In these darker moments, I, I feel like he was able to pull comedy from places I really haven't seen him uh, do before, and I mean because of what happened to him with the heart attack, I, it, it's very clear that that like affected him deeply and mm -hmm. made him reflect And this whole movie feels like him kind of reflecting on clerks and reflect and reflecting on his own career as a filmmaker mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, which I, I really just did not expect to get. It's, it's a level of introspection that I was, just, I've been disappointed that he hasn't uh, really explored in any of his movies before and was why I was so disappointed in Jay and Silent Bob reboot and kind of it's it's a silly movie to say that I was kind of hurt and disappointed by because it's just it's so like throwaway <laughs> kind of nothing but it's it's just it really did just it just it fell flat on like on just about every level for me and I just I think that this was I, I agree I don't know if this is going to really hit as hard for non Kevin Smith fans but I think this is kind of the comeback that I've been been waiting for honestly or or the swan song and yep. honestly this heartfeltness this depth of maturity that he is showing in this movie he was not prepared to be here as a filmmaker when he made Jersey Girl because he made Jersey Girl mm -hmm. as a father he had all these ideas of how his life had changed being a father but now because he's grown he's faced death as a filmmaker I think if he made something like Jersey Girl now, it would hit like this movie does, where it's like, oh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. not only do you have something to say, I, I believe it. This does not feel disingenuous. Right. There's really a lot here that speaks to his humanity. 
elevated by Dante and Randall. Though Brian O'Halloran and Jeff Anderson, they are not the best actors. They are fine in Clerks. They are better in Clerks too. They are slaying it in this. They are bringing it and performing at the top of whatever game they are capable of performing at. Well, Halloran in particular has a monologue at the <laughs> end that, or near the end, that I'm just like, oh, holy shit, yeah. you can, <laughs> man. You really, you've got it there. If I were to talk to 1994 watching this, the original Clerks Me, and saying, hey, dude, you're not going to believe what's going to happen when it gets to Clerks mm-hmm. 3. First of all, I'm going to be like, there's going to be Clerks 3. <laughs> followed, <laughs> followed by, there's no fucking way, right? That's yeah. not the filmmaker that I would have envisioned coming from something like Clerks. And then I realized watching this, oh, yeah, I should have. Because it's a natural progression to get to this point. It just took him a long time to get there, if I'm being sure. honest. <laughs> Uh, Which, 1994 to 2022, yeah. Yeah. Some filmmakers develop a little more in a shorter amount of time. But Kevin <laughs> Smith's going to have arrested development, and he's going to well, develop the way I he mean, can. How's your filmmaking quality going to be when you're doing 14 podcasts and, and screwing around at <laughs> your comic shop and, and smoking weed and running yeah, 50 no. miles because of you know, your previous heart attack, mm-hmm. and now you're, like, rock climbing and, you know, running trails <laughs> and shit. I could barely get a feature made now, and I'm not doing any of the other things he's doing. This feels like a band. This feels like a musician or a band, especially from the grunge era, since Kevin Smith is decidedly Gen X, who came out strong. We're talking Smashing Pumpkins, Pearl Jam, like, the best of the best of that era, and then proceeded to give us two decades of... You're not as good as you used to be. And then saying, okay, all right, this is going to be my last effort. I'm going to go out here. I'm going to play the hits, but I'm going to show you how much I've matured as an artist. Kind of like Taylor Swift redoing her Red album. You know what I'm saying here? <laughs> Taylor's version. <laughs> <This is, laughs> because there are a lot of hits here. There are a lot of meta jokes and self-referential jokes. And like having his mom on screen going, who wrote this crap? His mother should be ashamed of yeah, him. Right. <laughs> like, there's definitely a lot of that here. So you you started this podcast by asking, like, are you all Kevin Smith's fans? And, like, on that 10-point scale, I'm probably, like, a 6 or a 7. Like, I do mm-hmm. love a lot of his earlier work. But there, he is the king of putting meta humor in the sense it's, like, I don't even recognize some of those people. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I know when he had auditions in Zack and Miri Make a Porno, if you were a Kevin Smith fan, it's like, oh, no, that's from his story on that podcast. That's right. from this. That's from that. Mm-hmm. I can't do any of that with this movie. Like, I didn't know that was his mom. So, like, yeah, <laughs> if you are a big fan of Kevin Smith, there is another level that you'll enjoy this movie at for sure. But he's, it, he's while, while he is fully recreating scenes from the original Clerks in a disaster artist kind of fashion, the deep, deep lore meta humor stuff – I really appreciate that because it wasn't the obvious stuff. Mm-hmm. It wasn't right. yeah. the Jane Silent Bob reboot stuff, which was like, oh, dude, come on, don't do not do these again. Right. That's why I, I quoted up front in my introduction, the best reference in this movie is from the Clerks cartoon when they go into the back meat locker of the convenience store and Dante says, it's cold in here, hot cold. That is from <laughs> the first cartoon episode, and I that was... Well done. Yeah. I, I, ca- Captain America, I get that reference. Yes, yes. Yep. <laughs> and I, I think that that stuff is just – I'm, I'm way more okay with it in this context because, again, it really feels like he has a story that he wants to tell. 
and yeah. unlike unlike Jane Silent Bob reboot, and it just I I'm just I'm gonna be way more, way more forgiving to that, and e- even that first thirty minutes because it's like okay there is a, you're you're kind of you're, you you're letting fans have their cake and eat it too, and mm-hmm. you're you're giving them something substantive while also throwing in the the, the just the sort of classic play piano know, man references right right <laughs> you get, you get a little bit of everything and, and, and in that sense you mentioned earlier. Uh, it kind of like feeling like this old like classic band coming back and playing the hits, but there's a little something new too, which uh, again I, I really appreciated this. And I was I was ter- I was honestly terrified going into this. I really just I, I, I genuinely wanted to like it, and I think uh, like you were saying, Marcos, in that first thirty minutes, I was a little nervous. Like, oh, is he just is he just gonna yeah. gonna play the hits again? Justin Long's doing a voice yeah. that sounds kind of cartoonish. Uh. But again, I really think that while this isn't perfect and I do have my issues with it, I feel like I for me this is this is like this is a home run for for Kevin Smith. Yeah. I did not expect to cry watching this movie. Right. Me too. Yeah. I did not Multiple expect times. to cry. And <laughs> yep. yeah, there's there is so much putting aside all the hits, putting aside all the references and just strictly looking this as the fir- third film in a trilogy about 20-year-olds who became 30-year-olds who became pushing 50-year-olds. Taking away all the meta stuff and that, there is a very strong story about coming of age this late in life, particularly with Randall, who is always second banana to Dante, Mm -hmm. to shift Randall to the front, to be the man-child that he's always been, forced to survive a heart attack. He's pushing 50 and realize he's never done anything in his life. I feel it really speaks to those late Gen X, early millennials who were inspired by Clerks in the first place. Kevin Smith might be telling dick and fart jokes professionally for 30 years now, but every time he gets into the weeds of of hum- his humanity and what he's trying to do with his platform and say with his platform, he proves he is a very capable storyteller. He's not a great director because this is a very mostly boring-looking movie, but his scripts elevated by these actors, this is a good movie. In a vacuum, this is a good movie. Yeah, and I, I really think that I, I like a decent amount of Clerks, too. Like, I, um, I, I enjoy it for the most part. Same. But there is something Same. that's kind of sad about the overall message of that movie, if you think about it. It was Kevin kind of going like, no, I'm gonna buy, I, they're going to buy the quick stop. They're just going to accept who they are and just do this forever. And this movie kind of refutes that a little bit. Randall decides that he wants to do something more with his life, which I just really, really appreciated that. Um, I, and I, mm-hmm. I liked that it was kind of, in a way, in a way, refuting the message of the the second movie a little bit, which felt a little bit more like it. At, at, at the end, it, it kind of accepted like stagnation in a way, which I yeah. wasn't crazy about, honestly. Growth, yeah growth of a character growth of, of of a generation growth of people on the note of growth i didn't expect a plot point for elias to grow right like when right. he came in <laughs> and was really annoying at the beginning of the movie i was like well he's just gonna do his shtick for the rest of this no. movie and then it's like no no he is not <laughs> <laughs> well I, interesting yeah. looking at this movie interesting to discuss smith as a filmmaker and everything that comes the baggage and the history of him as a filmmaker presented here in the film and, and thus presented in our review here. I'm not sure what more we can say without actually delving into some serious spoiler territory of what this movie does. I mean, the issue with in, in this movie is that, like, it actually does the opposite of what a lot of movie does, where it's like not everything is in the trailer. Like, the uh, the in the trailer, the, the crux is the heart attack. 
after that to tell you anything would be right. a spoiler mm-hmm. it's just like you need mm-hmm. to enjoy that movie and i think that heart attack is probably like the 15 minute mark maybe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so why don't we just segue into some final thoughts here and wrap up this review and uh, Wayne, why don't you lead us off look <clears throat> i'm i'm basically dante and randall's age i was like 21 22 when i saw the original clerks and i'm gonna be 50 by the time this movie releases each stage of this trilogy has hit me at about the same point in my life as it does the characters. So this sort of weird parallel life feels like I'm bumping into pals that I don't see a lot, but you figure are always going to be around. And Clerks 3 is a reminder that maybe they won't always be, and that you should appreciate the time that you do have them in your life. So underneath all the graphic sexuality and Star Wars references and Dante and Randall's like codependent bromance... Smith is telling very poignant, very identifiable stories with the Clerks films, and I've always sort of felt attached to that. So for a movie that wraps up the Clerks trilogy in a very human way, I am going to give it 4.5 out of 5 VHS rewind fees. (laughs) Marcos. I came to a weird conclusion because uh, as I've watched a lot of movies, part three is usually the worst. X-Men 3, Terminator Mm. 3. Um, This might be the best part three, like outside of like some sort of like big, like not, it's not better than Lord of the Rings or anything like that. But outside of most of the movies that you get a part three, like it is up there actually at this point because it turned it around. There is kind of a pacing issue with this movie is probably the only negative thing I can say where it's like, you get a lot of heart, and then it gets slugged down by what the next scene is. That is the only issue that I probably really have with this movie outside of the beginning, where you're just getting a lot of fart jokes, and it's none of them really land. But after that point, I mean, just strap in, man, because it, it is kind of a heart roller coaster at that point. And even I felt it. I'm going to give it uh, 7.5 out of 10 uh, stuck gums. <laughs> Ryan. Yeah, I think that if you're someone like me who hasn't really been interested in Kevin Smith's stuff for a while, but you really just enjoy hearing him hearing him talk. Like, I'll, I'll always love to watch his panels at Comic-Con or whenever he does any Q&As or anything. And I just, I, he's, he's clearly, like, a very, very intelligent, like, funny person. And I think that shines through in this movie. And I always was willing to give him another chance over the years because of those Q&As and just hearing him speak and... Um, to, uh, hearing him talk on podcasts and stuff like he is he's he's a, he's a smart funny guy and I think that it, it took a very very horrible thing to happen to him but it's I find it very very interesting that he's being a little bit more reflective about his life and his career and I think that if you have any point enjoyed a Kevin Smith movie you owe it to yourself to watch this I feel like I, I'm going to give it 8 out of 10 copies of Phantoms on VHS <laughs> Affleck was the bomb in that. (laughs) Smith is a very, very clever writer, and I want Smith to do a good job because I was such a fan of him in my 20s. And lo and behold, he made a good movie. Yeah, It is basically a remix of Clerks and Zack and Mary. He's playing the hits with very little smacking us in the face with his obnoxious meta-self-references like Jane's Silent Bob reboot. But most importantly, it does not appear he's letting the weed do the work in this movie. He's tapped back into the very heart of what made him a success in the first place. He's telling an everyday Jersey Gen X schmo story, 
And he was very smart to put Jeff Anderson in the lead. Randall in Anderson's hand is one of the defining characters of the VOSQ universe. And Smith just told here an aged 50-year-old's wish fulfillment of a movie. These characters are old. They're out of touch. And so is Smith. And he's leaned into that. And it works. And I'm so happy to see that even if he's playing with the same old toys, he's still capable of telling a good story. This is Sweets. And it's funny. If you're a fan, you're going to love this. If you're not, you weren't going to watch this anyway. So well done, Kevin Smith. <laughs> I look forward to seeing the retirement years of these characters when you decide to come back to the quick stop in another decade and a half. I'm giving Clerks 3 a 7 out of 10. Jay and his shiny dentures. <laughs> so shiny. So shiny. It took me a minute to look at Jason Mewes' face and go, what's different here? Oh, those are fake teeth. <laughs> <laughs>